Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Chicago radio legend Steve Dahl deserves some blame for the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that wishes it had a twin podcast to play with. He tried to learn to speak Braille. Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am, maybe you heard uh, my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan. Maybe you heard him announce who I am. And this uh, announcement will be uh, superfluous, but maybe not. So let me tell you that I am Doug Jones, your Medicare specialist, let's say. And I am here to help you feel pretty good about the coming transition that you may have between Obamacare and Medicare health insurance. In other words, if you are uh, not yet old enough for Medicare, but you know that that episode in your life is about to start because of your advancing age, or maybe you're, you're really old and your retirement is, uh, has been delayed. You're not retiring at age 65. Maybe you're retiring at age 85 and you are going to be confronting Medicare for the first time. Well, you may be trepidatious. A lot of people are. And uh, I am here to help you feel comfortable about that transition. The way I do that is to introduce people to my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, and the current edition is 2023. That can be obtained at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just put in the search engine, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. If you don't see those orange numbers on the cover, you're likely in the wrong year. You probably have found an older version of Medicare for the Lazy Man. In any event, the price is right. You have your choice of several different types of books. You can get a hardcover. You can get a paperback. You can get a Kindle ebook version. And sooner or later, you'll be able to buy a uh, an Audible version which uh, is being worked on by Amazon right now. They tell me every day we're feverishly working on it. So it shouldn't be more than two or three more months before they have that thing on sale and ready to go. In any event, why lazy man? Well, it's because that uh, the people who want to, uh, who have to encounter Medicare shouldn't be made to work hard to do it. I have constructed the book in such a way as to spoon feed the necessary knowledge to you in a non-threatening and easy to consume manner. And by the time you have a couple of stiff drinks, you'll be finished with that book and you will be as expert as most of the people in the United States. You'll be more expert than uh, 99% 
of the people in the United States when it comes to Medicare knowledge. So if Medicare is your thing, or if it's about to be your thing at some point in the future, go buy a copy of Medicare for the Lazy Man, and I think you'll find it's an excellent, excellent investment. Speaking of investments, I have invested much of my my interest, money, and uh, state of mind in uh, my podcast engineer, Randy Carson, and he's sitting right across the screen uh, from me, and um, he's at least it looks like he's in the, the conference room, which he says is in the Medicare for the Lazy Man Towers somewhere, I think, on the East Coast, but I'm not sure exactly where. Randy, what's going on over there? Well, you are right, Doug. I am in the uh, one of the conference rooms at the Medicare for the Lazy Man corporate headquarters, and as you can see by the green leaves on the trees in the back. It's beautiful. I I must be in Florida. I'm not sure. Where. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I'm certainly not, sure not Arizona. Exactly where. I'm surely not. I don't know where for sure, but I know it's somewhere warm. Yeah. If you were up north, those trees would be bare naked right now. Uh, yep. So it's entirely possible that you are in a place that I have never seen before. Maybe on the other side of the planet, southern hemisphere. Could be. Could or be. is it in, yeah, is yeah. it in the U.S. for sure? No, I I I well I don't know for sure because okay. when I when I hopped on the plane last night I took a nap until we landed and you know as you know we uh, Medicare for the lazy man folks travel so much that we don't know for sure what airport we're in always. Someday it'd be nice if we could have a year in which we broke even, maybe made a little profit in the Medicare for the Lazy Man Empire. But every yeah. year seems to be a loss in a lot of its travel and entertainment expenses. I yeah. haven't figured well, that, that out yet. The, the, the corporate jet, you know, that really is a heavy expense for Medicare for the Lazy Man. But, you know, we wouldn't want to give it up because we spend a lot of our time whining and dining our clients on that corporate jet. I've never been on the corporate jet. I've never even seen the thing. One day, I'd like to just touch it. You know, since I'm paying for it, I'd like to know where it is, and I'd like to just just get a gander. Maybe you could send me a picture of it so I could. I will. I will. I will. I'll send, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. It's uh, it's certainly a very very you know wonderful sight to behold, and I will definitely send you a picture of the corporate jet. It's got it's got the logo on the side of it. You know, the guy yeah. sitting in the in the easy chair and all that stuff. I'm so happy that my employees get to enjoy the corporate jet. I've never even laid eyes on the thing. I'm paying for it. I write big fat checks every month for it. And uh, it's uh, it's something I would like to experience once before I die. Well, we'll see if we can work that out. Definitely. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to bring the plane into Cave Creek. I know. Just a photograph of it. That's all I ask. Oh, I'm not, OK. All right. Just something to let me know that my money is being well spent. I understand. I understand. So totally, we will get you one of those. Oh, and good. it's just any day now, we will figure that out. So we have a bunch of Medicare type stuff today. And I thought maybe this is one of these rare occasions where since I've listed all the the um, podcast, potentially podcastable um, uh, um what am I looking at? Subjects, uh, the the content that we could use or not use for this episode. Uh, sometimes I let you pick it out, and it works out pretty well. So would you like to do that again? You can pick. I would. One. I would. I want to pick out my favorite. Pick from column A or column B, either side of the page. 
or either of your two pages would uh, be quite satisfactory. I want to hear about how the Medicare scam vantage plans oh boy. managed to dodge the auditors. All righty. Let us look for that one. And unfortunately, that is, wait a minute, I've got one. I don't know how thick it is. Let's see what it is. Yep. I may be able to plow through that one in short order, but I've got one article in here following those same lines that is uh, too big to be consumed in one episode. So if you pick that one next, I may have to uh, uh, set it aside and do a little editing. So here's the article, how Medicare Advantage plans dodged auditors and overcharged taxpayers by millions. And this was uh, written last December or published last December 13th. So it's a recent article. In April of 2016, government auditors asked a Blue Cross Medicare Advantage health plan from Minnesota to turn over medical records of patients treated by a podiatry practice whose owner had been indicted for fraud. Now, this is government auditors asking that Blue Cross of Medicare or Blue Cross of Minnesota turn over records of the dealings they'd had with a podiatry practice whose owner had been indicted for fraud. Medicare had paid the Blue Cross plan more than $20,000 to cover the care of 11 patients. And it's got the name of the practice here, a chain of podi- uh, podiatry clinics. Uh, so they had paid $20,000 to cover the care of 11 patients seen by this practice uh, starting in 2011. Blue Cross said it could not locate any records to justify the payments because this practice shut down in the wake of the indictment which included charges of falsifying patient medical files. So Blue Cross asked the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, this is a government agency that can't seem to properly spell its own acronym. It sh- they spell it CMS. It should be CMMS, those dopes. So they asked for a hardship exemption to a strict requirement that the health plan retain these files in event of an audit. So as the article goes on to say, audits hidden until now reveal millions in Medicare Advantage overcharges. Taxpayers had to foot the bills for care that should have cost far less, according to records released by uh, this uh, news organization. Uh, They filed a lawsuit under the Freedom of Information Act. The government may seek to recover $650 million as a result. Uh, The CMS, the government agency that oversees Medicare, granted the requests and auditors removed the 11 patients from a random sample of 201 Blue Cross plan members whose records were reviewed. A review of 90 government audits released exclusively to this news organization in response to the Freedom of Information Act lawsuit reveals that health insurers uh, that issue Medicare Advantage plans Health insurers that issue Medicare Advantage plans have repeatedly tried to sidestep regulations requiring them to document medical conditions the government paid them to treat. So the government's paying for all this Medicare treatment by these Medicare Advantage plans, but when the uh, when they're asked to prove or to supply support for their expenditures, the plans apparently can't find their records to support the expenditures. The audits... The most recent ones the agency has completed sought to validate payments to Medicare Advantage health plans for 2011 to 2013. So they're working 10 years behind the times. 
Imagine if they got caught up, how much money they could recoup for the treasury. So as the as was reported last month, authors uncovered millions of dollars in improper payments, citing overcharges of more than $1,000 per patient on the average by nearly two dozen health plans. Now, they uncovered millions of dollars. That doesn't mean they got it back. The hardship requests, together with other documents obtained by this news source through the lawsuit, shed light on the secretive audit process that Medicare relies on to hold accountable the increasingly popular Medicare Advantage health plans, which are an alternative to original Medicare and primarily run by major insurance companies. Reacting to the audit findings, uh, Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, charged uh, called for aggressive oversight to recoup overcharges. CMS must aggressively use every tool in its disposal to ensure that it's efficiently identifying Medicare Advantage fraud and working with Justice Department to prosecute and recoup improper payments, Grassley said. Medicare reimburses Medicare Advantage plans using a complex formula called a risk score that computes higher rates for sicker patients and lower rates for healthier patients. But federal officials, they rarely demand documentation to verify that patients have these conditions or that they are as serious as claimed. Only about 5% of Medicare Advantage plans are audited yearly. When auditors come calling, the previously hidden CMS records show they often find little or no support for diagnoses submitted by the Advantage plans, such as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, diabetes, or vascular disease. Though the auditors look at the records of a relatively small sample of patients, they can extrapolate the error rate to the broad population of patients in the Medicare Advantage health plan and calculate millions of dollars in overpayments. Overall, CMS auditors flagged diagnostic billing codes, which show what the patients were treated for, as invalid. More than 8,600 times, the audits covered records for 18,000 patients over a three-year period. And we could go on and on and on. Let's see, here's a little segment of this article called Registering Excuses. One Medicare Advantage plan submitted 57 hardship requests more than any other insurer, Although CMS approved only six, in three cases, the health plan said the records were destroyed in floods. Another, Oh, the dog ate their homework, I bet. Another cited a warehouse fire, and two said that records couldn't be turned over because a doctor had been convicted for his role in illegally distributing millions of oxycodone pills through his network of pain clinics. Other Medicare Advantage health plans argued that they had no luck in retrieving medical records from doctors who had moved, retired, or died, and in some cases had been arrested or lost their license for misconduct. CMS found most excuses wanting, telling health plans that they granted an exception only in truly extraordinary circumstances. CMS says it relieves about or it receives about 100 of these for each year it audits and it approves about 20%. The Medicare Advantage plans issued by Minnesota Blue Cross won its appeal after it relied on the uh, diagnosis of the suspect medical practice of vascular diseases, diagnoses for vascular diseases of 11 patients who got podiatric care. So I don't know. It's getting a little 
confusing here. We're deep in the weeds, but basically these Medicare Advantage plans are not playing straight with the government when the government asks them to prove that the reimbursement, the huge reimbursement amounts that they're given from the Medicare fund, uh, the Medicare Advantage insurance companies appear to uh, roll over, come up with a million excuses as to why they cannot verify the reasons or the diagnoses that their members had that justified all the money that was spent on them. So this is kind of a scam. Again, we're not hearing any good news about these Medicare Advantage plans, only um, the fact that they play fast and loose with the taxpayer's money. So that's the conclusion I drew from that particular uh, article. Even though I didn't read every word, Randy, I think we got the flavor of it. So you know, you, have, you know what that popped into my head, Doug. What is that? I always like coming up with metaphorical descriptions for things. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you remember this one before you move on to your next article, but that sounds to me that it fits pretty well with my old metaphor of Pinocchio Medicare. Well, yes, uh, that's one that I thought maybe the the youngsters of today would never understand because uh, a lot of people don't remember who Pinocchio is. But in this case, you're right. They're liars. They're a bunch of liars. And when they say that their homework, their homework, their records were lost in floods or absconded with by doctors who were arrested or whatever, that doesn't uh, that doesn't sound right to me. I believe these people are doing the equivalent of the dog ate my homework. And yes. it's just not believable. But as long as they get away with it, as long as we have a government that is not going to uh, pursue the uh, the lost funds in a vigorous way, then it's going to keep happening because these guys are just looking at a uh, putting on the feed bag at the government expense and there'll never be a negative consequence to their actions. So what else would you like to learn about today, Randy? All right. Number two, I would like to hear about the explanation of drug plan selection. That's that's always a good one because it's confusing. It is confusing to a lot of people. And this was an answer that I constructed to a, um, uh, a uh, client, a new client. And he had a question about it. So let me go back through this. Uh, I said, uh, okay, what I did was he gave me his information about his drugs that he takes his uh, pharmacies that he likes to use, and his location where he lives. And then I ran that stuff through the uh, Medicare.gov database. And so I said to him, here's the result of a search for the least expensive prescription drug plan. I said, I did not ask you about your preferred drug stores, so I just showed mail order plus four random pharmacies in your area. If you prefer to use a store that isn't on this list, let me know sometime what that would be. And uh, I said, no hurry. This search shows that if you purchased uh, plan X, let's say, and filled all of your prescriptions at that store, your total out-of-pocket cost for the year would be 639 bucks. If you used um, the mail order service, your total out-of-pocket cost for the year would be $631 with that same plan. If you purchase plan Y, then your cost would be $644. If you use Plan Y's mail order service, your out-of-pocket cost would be $506.40. And then he said, I like the cheapest plan, which is, has a uh, $12.50 monthly premium. 
And I had shown him plan X, which had a $30 monthly premium, but a low, low out-of-pocket cost. And he didn't understand that. So he just wanted to go with the cheaper monthly premium. So I tried to explain that. And I said, here's, here's the situation. There are 28 of these prescription drug plans available. And he happens to live in Maricopa County. So I said, there are 28 of these prescription drug plans available in your county. And each of them has a different out-of-pocket cost that you would have to pay, one, for the plan premium, and two, for the cost sharing charged by the plan on some or all of the drugs. Each plan has their own formulary, their own list of drugs, and each plan has a deductible. The feds limit that deductible to $505 this year, but the plan does not have to make every drug in their formulary subject to the deductible. Frequently, the cheapest generic drugs have the smallest co-pays, like maybe $1 per month and they are not subject to the deductible, while the deductible will apply to the more expensive drugs in the formulary. If you think this is complicated, you are right, and that is why I suggest that my clients ignore the deductible, ignore the monthly premium, ignore the donut hole, and ignore all of the other details. I suggest that my clients keep it simple by concentrating on the bottom line, which is the out-of-pocket cost for the balance of the year. Take the plan that offers your drugs for the cheapest price at the pharmacies you prefer to patronize. And then I said, how did I do that? And he said, good explanation. Covers about everything that was on my mind. And uh, so then he told me what his drug plan choice was, which was back to the cheapest one. So I felt like I wasted all my time, but I didn't waste it completely because I was able to use it for podcast content. So hopefully that helps open a couple of eyeballs as to the realities of this very complex prescription drug coverage that we have to deal with. All righty. Did that satisfy your curiosity? Yes, sir. It did. Okay. Well, I hope it, it explained a little bit or at least uh, shed some light on the process. It's such a complicated thing and has so many moving parts that you have to use a computer and your goal is to find the one that takes the least amount of money out of your pocket for the rest of the year. So when I give you this printout and it says plan X is going to be the cheapest one, even though it might cost $30 a month, that means that it's uh, the drugs in the formulary that you have told me you take are not subject to the uh, deductible or to the high co-pays. So that's, there's no explaining it other than by saying it's magic. Magic. Well, everything's magic, isn't it? To me, it is. To my, uh, to my uh, <laughs> eyes, my my childlike uh, curiosity, yes, many things seem to be magic. Well, you know what just went off, Doug? Crickets. Crickets. I yeah. must be psycho, huh? How would I know that otherwise? Psychic, maybe. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. We have just spent our 75 cents worth of airtime today, folks, so we need to sign it off, land the plane, bring the bus into the terminal, and what, or the boat into the dock, whichever way you want to look at it. But there's a few things I need to take care of before we leave. Doug's already talked about where to find the book and all that good stuff and the Kindle and the audios. But the, if you could go find a place 
that you would be uh, able to give us a rating on this podcast. You know, we would be awesomely, you know, indebted to you if it was five stars. But, you know, if that's not the case, four would be good. But uh, we are in the midst of rating wars every day of our life with podcasts. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. And that would just make our day. So we are going to go ahead and sign it off for today. You have just spent 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma City. No more. He's living in Cave Creek, Arizona, up in the high altitudes behind the city, watching out for the Medicare scam vantage people. Bye-bye, everyone.